way. We can lose that fellowship, if you will. It's kind of like, I have a friend, but I haven't talked to him in a while. I've got a, 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 an acquaintance, but I don't know where they are. And here, if we look at this, God, during a time of trouble, during a time that we're going through, the Bible shows us many examples that we can get through troubled times in life where maybe, ask yourself this question, have I ever gotten to a point where, I, I've, and I've talked to people, I don't know what to do. Or, you know, I know I'm supposed to trust God in this situation, but I'm finding it hard to trust God in this situation. A lot of times we say those kind of things when we're not in control anymore. When things are out of our hands. Does that make sense? I'm not in control right now in my life. A lot of times this happens during a, a tragedy, a sickness, an illness. You know, thinking about, you know, what does it mean to lose God? You stop trusting Him. You stop walking with Him. You start walking away from Him. Sometimes this is brought about not by tragedy, but maybe even by complacency. It's kind of like uh, uh, I know many of you have been fishing before. And you've been out there on your John boat and you're sitting there fishing. And if say if uh, maybe you start, uh, you drop something in the boat or you start tying up a, a new lure. I, say, I got to put a new lure on. And then you look up after you put that new lure on and you realize you've drifted 80 yards away from where you were. And you didn't even realize that you went that far. And a lot of us in our life with the Lord, He's still God. He's still our Heavenly Father. But maybe we've just kind of taken our eyes off of Him. We've got our eyes on our problem. We're in, in we're, or maybe we're trying to figure out, can I get back in control of my life? So there's two things that cause us to lose God. And by losing God again, what I mean by that? Our closeness with Him. We're not walking with Him. We're not uh, talking to Him anymore. We're not uh, fellowshipping with Him every day. And so we start drifting away. It's kind of like sitting in that John boat and you're looking down at whatever and you're distracted by something or you're putting a new lure on, you're tying something up and you look up and say, whoa, wait a second, I'm supposed to be way over there. And a lot of us in our Christian walk can be that away. We can, whether it be distraction, whether it be a problem, or whether it's something that happens, we can drift away from the Lord. During those times, we need to remember this verse 1, that He is our refuge, He is our strength, and a very present help in trouble. There's, of course, the very famous story, uh, uh, just a humorous story about the truck driver who was hauling a big load uh, somewhere in Arkansas, and uh, he all of a sudden he was distracted and he ran off a cliff. And uh, he realized his truck was heading off a cliff, so he bailed out of the cab of the uh, tractor trailer rig and uh, grabbed onto a vine and was looked down. It was, it was uh, nighttime, so all he could see was darkness blowing. And uh, he heard, a, he said, you know, he's hollering, screaming for help, and he heard a voice saying, just let go. 
said, who is up there telling me to let go? He said, this is the Lord. I'm here to help you. He said, the truck driver said, is there anybody else up there who will help me? You know, sometimes we read God's word and we know what it says. Some of y'all been in church your whole life. You know what God's word says and God clearly says to do something. Yet we say, well, wait, is there any other way out of this? Is there any other way to, you know, I don't really know about trusting God's way because it really doesn't match up with my plans. But again, folks, he's right, isn't he? God's always right, but we have a hard time trusting him sometimes. We have a hard time saying, nevertheless, it's kind of like a, I love that story in Luke 5 where the disciples toiled all night and they caught nothing and, and Jesus said, listen, I've got a great illustration for you. I need you to throw your net over here. And Peter said, well, pfft. You don't know anything about fishing on the Sea of Galilee. You're supposed to fish at night, and we fished all night. and hadn't caught a thing. And Peter said these famous words, Nevertheless, at thy word, we will let down the net. And he did, and he threw the net over there. And, of course, the net, there so many fish, the net started breaking. And he had to get some help reeling them in. Now, that, that's, that's a fishing outing right there. Our God, you know, it may seem like, in your life that he's not real, he's not there. Let's keep reading if you're in Psalms 46 again, verse 2. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake, with the swelling thereof. Well, let's just stop there. <clears throat> and uh, and I, I've kind of entitled these two verses right here, To Trust or Not to Trust. And uh, kind of borrowing that Shakespearean quote, To be or not to be. Do I trust God? Now, if I look at this, so God's my refuge, verse 1. He's my help. He's my strength. He's all those things. When you put, therefore, we will not fear, and you see that word, though, you see that word, though, and then he lists all these other things, and by the way, that's, that's some pretty earth-shattering, literally earth-shattering things there. Verse 2 and 3, if you take it, okay, I'm not going to be afraid, and if you read all that, here's the country boy summary of all of that. God, I trust you. And I will not fear no matter what happens. You see that? I'm talking the, the earth is falling apart. Trees coming down. Earthquakes, seas, volcanoes, hurricanes. All the way to Arkansas. The Mississippi River's done split off. It's done gone a thousand mile direction. I've got sick. My wife's got sick. I lost my job. She lost her job. 401k is gone. The United States is being overtaken by socialism. The government's gone haywire. It's gone crazy. And nobody has any insurance. I will not fear. And that's what verse 2 and 3 is saying. No matter, you read the list there. The, this is happening, that's happening, this is going on, that's happening. I will trust you 
Country boy solution, no matter what happens. That's a bold statement, but that's what the writer of this psalm is saying. That's what he's saying. So again, I know our country's in a mess. I know morals are out the window. I know our, you know, our, our young people are facing challenges that we never even dreamed of. Yet we have to have something we can hold on to. We have to have something that we can plant our feet on and say, I will not be moved. God is my refuge. So, folks, I've drifted away from God. You can be the pastor of a church and drift away from God. That just means what? You're not as close to Him as you used to be. You're not walking with Him like you used to be. Your relationship is there, but your fellowship's not. He's my heavenly father. Be kind of like uh, I called my mom yesterday. She said, I haven't heard from you in a while. I said, I know. My dad's a state trooper. One of his uh, famous stories. Matter of fact, this was, in, matter of fact, they put it in the front page of the Henderson uh, Post there when he retired in 1998. Hey, share share us one of your favorite stories. He said, well, there was this fella, and it was on Highway 259 between Henderson and Mount Enterprise, Texas, and and I was sitting there in the median, and he'd come over the hill, and I hit him with my radar, and he was doing 60 miles an hour, then he's doing 70, then he's doing 80, then he's doing 90, then he hit 100. By that time, I had my lights on, I was pulling out. And he pulled him over. He said, why in the world were you in such... Dad told him, he said, why in the world were you in such a hurry? He said, I just, it's too embarrassing for me to tell you. And uh, he said, uh, well, no, I want to know because that's, that's pretty fast. I just can't believe how fast you was going. He said, well, there was this grasshopper on my windshield and I just wanted to see how long he could hang on. Just see how long. Dad said, did he, did he finally let he, Yeah, he let go at 102. <laughs> and, uh, folks, I, I've felt like that grasshopper before. I'm just hanging on, and life is not slowing down any. And you need some help. Hey, every one of y'all know it's true. Life is not slowing down, is it? We got to have a God that we can hang on to. We got to have, and like I say, it's not my strength; it's His strength. It's not. It's not up to me. He's my refuge. He's my strength, and He's my help. That's what He needs to be. Well, verse seven. Just skip down. So all this is happening. Everything's going crazy in verse 2 and 3. You're still God. But then verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. That means He's with us. We know that famous verse over in Hebrews chapter 13 that says He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Then it says in verse 8 and 9 that God is in control. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations He hath made in the earth. 
Did you know our God can make wars to cease unto the end of the earth? Did you know he can take every weapon that says bow and cutteth the spear in sunder and he burneth the chariot in the fire? Just camp out right there. Which means all of those things he listed in those two verses are assembled in, in, the, in the psalmist's day. When the psalmist was writing that, you know what that stipulated? Man's strength. Man, I got a thousand archers. I got a thousand chariots. He says, I can break all that in two and not even sneeze. Your strength is not in army or man-made stuff. My strength is in the Lord. Now, listen. Here's what I want you to do. Uh, Trey, would you mind throwing up verse 10? Now, listen, all of you. No matter what you're going through in life, nor no matter what you may face in the future, here, this, this verse 10 is a key. When you don't know what to do in your life, here's what you need to do. Be still and know I am God is there. I am God. I will be exalted in the earth. I will be exalted among the heathen. Be still and know that I am God. So when I don't know what to do, what does the Bible tell me to do? I need to stop running around like a chicken with my head cut off and I don't know what to do. I don't know. God saying, stop. I've got you. That's what, that's God's Word. <laughs> We're not just making this up. We're not just, this is not just coming up with something. I've got a, a, a one, two, three therapy lesson. It's not a one, two, three therapy lesson. This is what God's prescription is. When I'm in trouble, when I'm going through a tough time, when I don't know what to do, He says, stop and know I'm with you. Know I'm, I know, guess what? I love this passage. I love this passage. So, and then the last verse, verse 11, it says, he's claiming the Lord of hosts, the God of Jacob is our refuge. So if he's saying stop and listen to him, he's in control. I love what uh, the prophet Isaiah wrote. Head to Isaiah chapter 44. This is really cool. <clears throat> I remember the first time I ever read this, my granny in her house in Huntington, Texas, had a plaque. Uh, or, no, it was an artist uh, uh, painting, and it, this was the inscription below it, which is pretty amazing. I just, I remember reading this years ago. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first 
and I am the last, and besides me there's no God. And who, as I shall call and shall declare it and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come and let them show unto them, fear you not, neither be afraid. Have I not told thee from that time and have declared it? You are my witness. Is there a God besides me? Yea, There is no God. I know not any. That's an amazing verse. It basically God's saying, listen, because it goes on down in verse 9, talking about those who make graven images. And he says, listen, there's no other where to turn. And basically God's saying, I'm all you've got. And if you're going to depend on me or anything else, you're depending on, it says, all those... uh, uh, graven images are vanity. You know what vanity means? Empty. Nothing there. They hold no count. They hold no water. So basically God's saying, I'm God. You don't get another one. I'm the only one. <laughs> That's the God I want to trust in. The God. The only God. I don't need to trust in the U.S. government. And a lot of people, that's their salvation. They trust in that. That's what's sustaining me. You know, and so also they may be trusting, man, I'm educated. Man, I'm talented. Man, I've got a great job. I've got a great retirement. I've got whatever. But all that can be just disappear. And then who are we going to trust in? You see, so again, what happens here? How do we lose God? There's two things that make us lose God. And again, by losing Him, we get away from Him, not walking with Him, whatever. You can do it by tragedy hitting. And we start looking for answers elsewhere. And number two, complacency, which means you got distracted and you look up and you realize you've done a mile away from where you think you were or where you know you should be. Man, I did not realize I drifted this far. Psalms 46, God is our refuge, a very present help. He's our strength in time of trouble. As we prepare for a hymn invitation, whatever the Lord may be laying upon your heart, Isaiah says that God of Israel, or Israel, I'm, I'm the only God there is. He is the God of Jacob, the God of Israel. I'm hoping, pray, He's your God and your Savior. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word tonight. And I know that. Uh, Even when we don't believe it, you're in control. And I know that we need to trust you, even when we don't understand. Or don't understand why. Help us to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.